Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Davkuftet Zayin. In Masachas Pesachim, we start in Kuftet Vav and Bez, four lines up. Amar Shmuel, Lechem Oni. Wow, we are in. We're about to do this Manishtana. First, what does Lechem Oni mean? Well, Lechem Oni comes from a Pasuk. Right, the Pasuk says Lechem Oni. It says Shmuel, Lechem She'onim Alav Devarim. That it doesn't only refer to, well, we'll see, right? The fact that it, Lechem Oni, the Matzah, is the bread of poverty, of affliction, it's also onim, right? It's things that we say many things over it, right? From this, we have a halacha that, remember, we're removing the shulchan, bringing the shulchan back, but we want to have the matzahs around, right, during the magid, because that's when we are saying many things about, uh, about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and we want to have the lechem present, the matzah, as it were, present. Okay. Now, says the Gemara, Tanya Namihaki, we also learned in Brice, lechem oni, lechem shoni lov devarim, Harbei, right here it adds the word Harbei, will say many things, and certainly there are many symbolisms to matzah, many, many. Davar Acher, and another Lechem Oni, Oniksiv, right? That Oni is really also Oni, and it's also Onin, right? So as we know, famously, it's referring to the bread of the poor, or in the Maxwell House of God, the bread of affliction. Meh, well, Oni, affliction is, is the third interpretation, right? So Oni is affliction, poverty, or Oni Malav Dvar Harbei. Okay, so Meh Oni Shadarko Befrusa, how is it the bread of poverty? Well, just like a poor person. Right, to take a, has to take a broken loaf of bread. So, Afkan Beprusa. Right here, too, we fulfill the mitzvah of matzah with a prusa. Okay, so, this is actually significant because this affects how we behave at the Seder. We, in fact, break the matzah. All right, so why are we breaking the matzah? Well, according to, to the uh, literal meaning of what this is saying, is that you have, in order to be yoytze, the mitzvah of matzah, it needs to be broken because it needs to be lechamoni, right? Because all of these things could be true. So, in order to be yoytze matzah, like if you don't say things over it and you don't break it, right? So then maybe you wouldn't even be yoytze matzah, so to speak, right? So that's why we break the matzah and we, and we make the halachilas uh, matzah on the broken matzah. Now, you might recall there is a tension here because we do also know that we have the obligation of lechamishnah. Whether we have the obligation of lechamishnah on yontiv or not is actually not entirely, uh, well, I, I should say it's, it's, it's something that is brought up as not entirely obvious, right? Lecha Mishnah certainly has to do with Shabbos, but we say Lecha Mishnah also is an obligation of Yontiv. The only question that arises then is why don't we have Shabbos Shudas on Yontiv as we do on Shabbos? That is also Zeich Leman. So that's, that's a hak, that's a, that's a classic Arya Leibowitz uh, discussion. Um, but with regards to us, certainly uh, we see that we have the need uh, we'll assume for the Lechem Mishnah, for the Hamotzi Lechem in Arts, as we know, we make two brachas, Hamotzi Lechem in Arts and Alachilas Matzah. And famously, as we know, because we have Hamotzi uh, Lechem in Arts, and then we also have Alachilas Matzah, which is done on the broken piece, because of what it says here, Afkan Beprusa Lechem Oni, uh, what results is that we have the three matzahs, as we famously are aware of, two whole ones for the Lechem Mishnah, and then the broken one for the Alachilas Matzah, which we have the Lechem Oni for. Beautiful. Okay. Finally, says the Gemara, So it's just an interesting thing uh, how this is applied. The other two things are applied very much, right? We have the broken piece of matzah, and we do say magid over the matzah, but what is this? Do, Andrew, I, Andrew, for example, I picked up his matzahs in Brooklyn. He and his wife, as far as I know, he didn't heat up that oven, and to the best of my knowledge, Laney wasn't the one that baked them. So how do we apply this? Well, there's actually in every shown at least three different uh, interpretations of it that I saw. The bottom line is you make the matzahs very quickly. Um, you bake the matzahs very quickly. So is, is it for a lot of reasons? Because you don't want it to be machmitz? Um, well, more likely in the Rishonim it says you, you, it's, it's something that you do it because they're, it's fuel efficient, right? Because if you're poor, it's another sign of, of poverty. Because poor people, by my dark as the, as the, um, so it doesn't really have to do with the lacha of being machmitz. It has to do with some have some aspect of poverty. Either when you're poor, you want to be fuel efficient, so you want to work very quickly because you don't have a lot of firewood, or maybe because you're very hungry, so you want to get it. 
So that we're yotze, right? Because we're always very hungry by the time the matzah comes around. So in that sense, we're, we're yotze. Uh, the, that aspect of the lechem oni. Okay, but fascinating. We could spend, obviously, months talking about all the symbolism that is embedded in something as pushit as matzah. Uh, and something that seems, uh, right, like it doesn't have a lot of ingredients, but it has a lot of meaning. Uh, okay, fine. So now the Mishnah had said, in the third line, with regards to haroses. So we alluded to this yesterday. There's machlokas as to whether haroses itself is a mitzvah or not. Or is it just something that you're doing as an antidote to whatever poison exists in, in the mara? So let's see. Says the Gemara, We already know the answer, but let's dig in. If the charosis is not a mitzvah, then why do we bring it? It's because of whatever the poison or worm there is in the Mara. I heard something unbelievable from um, Simon Wolf with regards to the worm thing. There was a Shaila, uh, I'm not going to remember the details, but I remember this, that, that he said that the halacha is that if you have a worm that's sort of part of the vegetable, of the produce, kind of grew inside it, and it's, there's no halachic problem with, uh, with eating it. And so if kapach means a worm, it would only be problematic if it either was poisonous in some way or it came from the outside. I was surprised by that. Um, excuse me. I thought that, aren't you supposed to put like strawberries in water and watch all the things come out? You know, is this, is this, uh, and, and, and thus never eat strawberries? So I, I, I know that a lot of people talk about kosher and checking bugs. Um, you know, do those kinds of things when they come to Beshiak of, of Baltimore and they scare all the girls into the fact that they're eating bugs all day. Um, so I, 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 was, I, was, uh, I heard it in passing in the shear. I was saying to myself, I'd like to hear more about that. Okay, but be that as it may, the worm or the poison is the reason, that aspect of karpas is the reason why we are dipping it in haroses. That's washita. Now, while we're talking about kappa, we're just going to get a little bit into the medicines here. Amaravasi, kappa dechasachama. The kappa of lettuce is a rat, the antidote rather, uh, for, for the, right, for the uh, chasa, for the kappa of lettuce is chama, is a radish, kappa de chama karti. And the radish itself has a kappa, and therefore the antidote to that is a leek, and then there's a gear that says kappa de karti chamimi, and then after that you have hot water. So I guess you have to chase down the chasa with the radish with the leek and hot water, right? Because you always, if the antidote has, it itself has a poison, so then you have to take an antidote to the antidote, and it keeps going down like chad gadja, until at the end, kapa dekulo chamimi. The antidote for all of that is to drink hot water. Okay, so maybe just drink any one of those and then have hot water. Anyway, while you're waiting for the water to heat up, there's an incantation that you could say that would be helpful. Kapa 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 kapa. I remember you and your seven daughters. It's as if similar to the way we were talking to the shadim in, in the previous dapim. Uh, uh, I remember your seven daughters and your eight daughters-in-law. Ah, more daughters-in-law than than daughters. Is that a bracha? Is that a klala? I don't know what this incantation means. But I did hear an interesting question. It's Leil Shimurim. It's Leil Shimurim. So why do we need to be concerned for Kappa on Leil Shimurim? So the, uh, the um, rationalist would say, well, just because it's Leil Shimurim doesn't mean you can have poison, right? In other words, if Kappa is really poison, then you don't rely on Leil Shimurim. Leil Shimurim are, you know, it's beyond Hashem and natural things. And so we have the confidence that as a nation, or even as individuals, Hashem will protect us from like Mazikin that we can't control. But like that doesn't mean that you don't wear a mask. No, I just got political. Uh, of course. <laughs> but the point is, maybe, why didn't the Rabbanim say last year, right? Or this year, for that matter. It's amazing it's been a year. But last year, we couldn't have our kids over for the Seder because the pandemic was starting. Because, oh, Leil Shimur, everybody will be fine. No. You have to be, you have to be reasonable. You can't just drink poison and, and behave inappropriate, uh, right, irresponsibly just because it's Leil Shimur. That's not what Leil Shimur means. But Leil Shimur does mean that there's an extra measure of protection um, on, uh, on Pesach night, certainly. Okay. And as we just said before, some people have, I mean, not to say the, uh, the extra paragraphs of, uh, of Kriyash Malamita, etc. Okay, now, that was one shita, that the reason why you have haroses is for, is because it's poison. Now, Rabbi Lazar Baby in the Mishnah had said that it was a mitzvah. So, ask the Gemara, my mitzvah, what's the mitzvah of haroses? So, Rabbi Lazar the nature of the mitzvah is its commemoration of 
Well, what is a tapuach? So, so it sounds like an apple. That's what we colloquially say it is. Rav Herschel Shechter takes from this Gemara that it's probably not. Right? We know, like, the, what was the what was the uh, fruit that Chava ate, and that that also is is a big question, right? That was a mechalkas we saw in the Seches Brachos, right? Whether it was wheat or whether I don't think tapuach was even one of the shitas. It was a rimon or it was wheat or it was right something else. In this particular case over here, it actually says tapuach. But based on what it says, Rav Shachter thinks it's probably more like something citrusy. Okay, so let's see. What's the idea of the tapuach? That was, as we, uh, you might recall, the Jewish women, right, used uh, the tapuach in, in a certain way. It's, it's alluded to in Shir Hashirim, which we are knowing to recite after the Seder on Pesach night, the love between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael. And it says under right, the tapuach, that is where the women, uh, under the apple tree, that was where the women would encourage their husbands to say, do not lose hope. It is not hopeless. There are better days yet to come. And thus we should continue to, to perpetuate the Jewish people, which, um, which is really, my, my daughter Hanara was telling me last night, that all you need to do is, at the Seder is tell us Jewish history. And that's more miraculous than Kriyas Yamsuf. How many, how many Jews do you think were in the United States in, 19, 20, in 1825? 5,000. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and how many, how many Jews do you think were in the DP camp of Bergen-Belsen? Uh, in nine, uh, after after the war, like eleven thousand. There's been places where we didn't exist, and all of a sudden we we got big. Places where we were almost completely extinguished to the point of no recognition, and we came back. This happened again and again and again. So we should have right the encouragement to know that a Baruch Hu from generation to generation keeps sustain, sustains us, and that in itself is the right is the message. And so it's part of the message of the Charoses that we should have this encouragement that the women had this encouragement even in the throes of Mitzrayim. Okay, so that's one thing that the Charoset represents, that optimism. You have to what? Oh, yeah? Oh, the Isham does not have a Yaakov song. You know, that comes from the Haggadah. Oh, the tune, the tune. Oh, that's funny. So Andrew points out that, the Beis, that, that this is that the, my daughter who is in Beis Yaakov is reflecting the good chinuch of Beis Yaakov where they're encouraging the women. That's such a beautiful thing. They should, they should be encouraging all the right Nashim Sadkanyas of Klal Yisrael. They, they, they've been holding us up since the beginning over here, since literally the inception. Okay. That it's a commemoration, right, of the mortar and the clay that they build those pyramids with. So, Amar Abaye. Right? You have to, in a certain sense, make it tart. So this is what makes Herschel Shachter think that maybe it's not an apple because he doesn't think an apple is so tart, although they have tart apples, so it's not so, not, not so far off. And also, so that, that, right, is how you get the recipe. It has to be tart and it has to be kind of uh, high viscosity, right, like, like this consistency of mortar. Okay, and then he spells it out. Right, Abaya says, the reason you make it tart is to be like the apple tree and the reason you make it thick is to make it like the mortar. Now, Tanya comes to we have a brisa that says like Rabbi Yochanan. That tablin zechel atevin, that the spices are added to the haroses to remind you of the straw, okay? Because ginger or cinnamon look like straw, if you look like cin- at cinnamon sticks. It's not because the straw was spicy. Don't get the wrong idea, comment. Charoses zechel atit, the haroses is a commemoration of the mortar. I'm Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Tzadok, kacha yomrim tagari harach shibi Yerushalayim. The, right, the people who were, who were, did the agalot in Yerushalayim, the vendors, right, the boutique sellers said, Bo lulachem tablin the mitzvah. Come take spices for the mitzvah of haroses. So that's interesting. Now the question is, so we have haroses, we have two shitas here. We have the shita that's a mitzvah, and we have a shita that it is a, uh, antidote. So we already discussed how it affects chocolate, uh, vitari and the gemara earlier, right, uh, with both of this is what Andrew mentioned yesterday, uh, with respect to what were we talking about with the karpas, and, um, when, when do you make the bracha? And are you dipping the first time, the second time, etc.? That that was one aspect. Another aspect is if it is in fact a mitzvah, then the question is why would you not make a bracha, right? The Rambam, it, uh, I'm told, holds clearly 
Right? Nuchos Chametz Matzah, the Charos is a mitzvah. Well, if Charos is a straight up mitzvah, why does this mitzvah not have a Birchas mitzvah? And so the answer I heard was, amazingly, Zechel Achorban. Because in the days of the Beis HaMikdash, uh, right, in the days of the Beis HaMikdash, Charoset was not De Oraisa. In the days of the Beis HaMikdash, it was Amatzos Umrorim Yachluhu. So you have the Korban Pesach, you have the Matzah, you have the Mar, those were all De Oraisa. Okay? And the Charoses, albeit a mitzvah, that was never, that's not explicit. It never says that you have to eat the Charoses. So that was always, even though albeit a mitzvah, it was always De Rabbanon. So the only mitzvahs that we make a bracha on in the Seder, are those which were deoraisa bizman hamikdash? So, so that is in itself a form of zeicher hamikdash to make the bracha on the mar, but not on the charoses. It's fascinating. Like that. Where, the the where did they have the tapuach? Right. Oh, so you're saying that's called the tapuach? Uh huh. Right. But I'm saying they, so they certainly have. Ah, so you're saying you already had it symbolizing? Right. Well, the symbolism of charoset presumably was also uh, brought out. In the base of Mikdash itself, but again, it could be that uh, right. So in the base of Mikdash, they already had the concept of Roses, uh, regardless of whether it was a mitzvah or an antidote. But it was not the Oraisa, and therefore that is what we commemorate at the seder. Beautiful. Okay, you ready for the next mishnah, common? Yeah. Okay, second cup. He's always ready for the second cup. Mazgulokos sheni. This is a long mishnah. No, it's not. It's, it's not that long. It's all right. The next one is longer. Mazgulokos sheni. What did you say? Oh, the second cup of tea you're working on now. Yeah, I need a second cup of coffee. Masbulo Kosh already, and it's not even six o'clock. Masbulo Koshini, Vikhan Habain Shoy Laviv, and the son asks his father. No, here we go, Magid. Okay. Now it's interesting, by the way. Masbulo Koshini. This is Andrew, you, sh- you should have picked up on this. We're pouring the second cup, but we're not going to drink this cup for a while. Right? For a long while. We're going to say Magid. So in your house, this is going to be like seven, eight, nine hours later, we're going to be drinking this cup. So why are we pouring it now? So so the kids should ask. That's the answer. Okay, so Mazgulo Kosheni v'chein habein shoel aviv, and that stimulates the son to ask his son v'chan rather v'chan habein shoel aviv. The ein das b'bein. If he doesn't have enough das, aviv melamdo. As we famously know, the father opens up and asks. He sounds like an ein no yodeli show. This this child. Manish tana. What does he say? Manish tana. Laila zemi kol alilot. Is this a question or a statement? It sounds like a statement. How, look how different this night is from all the other nights. The syntax makes it sound like a statement. Shebechol alilot. Anu ochlin chametz matzah. Look how different it is. Behold, because every other, all the other nights we eat chametz matzah. Laila hazek ulo matzah. And tonight we're only eating matzah. Okay. Shemachol alilot anu ochlin shear yarkos. Laila zemaror. Notice here, it's not, it's not saying laila hazek ulo maror because it's not true, right? We're eating shear yarkos and maror. Obviously, good. Now shemachol alilot anu ochlin basar tzli shalokum vushal. Laila hazek ulo tzli. All right. Well, this was bismana mikdash, right? And and this is only according to the sheet of Ben Tema who holds that bismana mikdash you only are allowed to eat roasted meat. Okay. Well. Be that as it may, today we switch this out, right? Because we don't say this one, because it's not true. We eat flunkin all night long. So, and it's, and so we're not eating kulot sli. As a matter of fact, sli, as we'll see, is a little bit, it's a downer, right? Because it reminds us that we do not have the base mikdash. So, this year we will eat sli, and the base mikdash is rebuilt. But in Gullahs, you don't, you don't, you're not going to eat this sli. Uh, we sub this out for misubin, which is not in our Mishnah, because misubin, Right again. Is, this is a now the sheet of the article quotes the Aruch Hashulchan explains that misubin in, in those days. Why is that in, not in the Manishtana of the Mishnah? Because everybody ate misubin in those days. That was the style, right? But today it's unusual. So because today it's unusual, says the Aruch Hashulchan, we sub out this tzli and we throw in the misubin. Fine. Now you're getting different tar for the seder, Andrew. That, I don't charge for this. Now shabachol elos anu right matbilin. This is the pamachas girsos here, right? The, the rest of the night we dip. Uh, the, the Gemara will discuss this. It, it, it'll finally get it right. 
and I'll get it to where the Maxwell House about it has it. Ain't anu matbili nafilu pamachas because we usually we usually but by by this point in history we're not really dipping. Um, but we'll see. Halayla has eshte pamim. But certainly at the seder we do dip twice. Okay. Lafi daito shel ben avi melamdo, and says the Mishnah continues that you teach your son according to the level of his understanding. And then he points out so the Mishnah points out matzchil bignos mesayim b'shvach. Right. Famously. Um, Briskorov, the four things that make Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim different than the Mitzvah of Zechir Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. You have to interact so the kids should ask, right? And certainly one of those important things is Maschil Begnosim Mitzrayim B'Shvach. Very, very important. And we have the text, Vidorish Mi'arami Oved Avi. Arami Oved Avi, right, is in the Vidu Bikurim, when you bring the Bikurim. It appears in, right, in the Chumash. You come and you say, when you bring the Bikurim, you say this text that brings historical context. And he finishes that history dis- discussion. Now, why Arami Oved Avi? Why just not say historical text? Why do we have Arami Oved Avi there? It's very fascinating. So I actually didn't see that much explaining why Dafka this historical. Certainly it's appropriate, right? It starts with uh, Gnus and Messiah Mishvach. So I guess there's a Ka'inda Oraisa of where we have an example in the Torah of Maschilin Begnus and Messiah Mishvach. And so that is very appropriate here. Also, it's something that you say when you give Bikurim the base of Mikdash. So there, too, is an element of Zechel Mikdash by bringing up this text that we say when we bring the Bikurim. May we be, Azokh, uh, bring the Bikurim again soon. Okay. Right. Who said that? Aha. Uh-huh. So, uh, Talmud, who's a Talmud, uh, uh, University points out that Rav Salvechik, um, brought out what I, what, what I, was trying to, uh, I guess, imply, but it's worth it's worth fleshing out that obviously there's an element in Bikurim of a tremendous akar satov. Right here, you have your first fruit, and you've worked, and the land did not come right. Nothing came easy. The land didn't come easy. The fruit didn't come easy. And who knew? And just the idea of the base of Mikdash certainly didn't come easy. And who knew um, where we would we where we would be when we were in Gullus or when we had when our forefather Yaakov Avinu was working for Lavan, the Bikesh Lakar as Hakol, as we said. There was no guarantees that the Jewish people would exist. That they would exist in their land, and that they would till their land, and that the land would bear fruit. For each of these things, Dayenu, right? Each of these things is an incredible thing for us to have a karsatov for. That is certainly the theme of the Seder. That is the theme of Bikurim. And therefore, we bring up this aspect of a karsatov, as Kalman points out, of Bikurim, to our Seder. And that certainly is one of the main themes, uh, if not the main theme, of the Seder, is the karsatov to a karsh for that. Wow. Thank you, Kalman. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. So if you're, so this is, I, I love this, by the way. If his son is a Chacham, is intelligent enough to ask the question he asks, Well, whoa, there's a big difference. What, if he's not the valedictorian, then you skip through all the sons and you go straight to the wife? That doesn't sound right. So, uh, okay, so you could either say that it just means that he's smart enough to ask questions. Okay, that's, I think, like the most Pashup shot. But I have a whole Mahalach into how I think that Chacham means being smart, so to speak. Smart is a misnomer. Being a Chacham is a, a function of asking questions. Curiosity and inquisitiveness is what we call chacham, right? Um, right. So we always we always say that, uh, and I think that else has to do. One of the rayas I have is the order of the questions, and also what the question, the order of the arba banim is going in the order of who asks more questions, right? That's why I'm saying the she'ino yodel ishol is last as opposed to the rasha, right? We're not saying who's like the better boy. We're saying who is asking more questions. So the rasha, all being obnoxious, is at least asking a question. Anyway, be that as it may. The, uh, if, if he can't ask, the wife asks him, love, who shall I latimo? If his wife can't ask, he asks himself, right? So people did that. People do that today, but many people did that last year, say it by themselves, Nebuch. 
And so you ask yourself a question. Uh, you say it's crazy to, to ask yourself a question. I'll, I'll say it's crazy not to ask yourself a question. You know, you have to. Um, we shouldn't be in that situation. It's good to be together when you're eating korban pesach Okay. So you may have a chiddush. You say everybody knows it already, but still shual and zelazeh. Certainly, famously, there's what to ask each other. It's called being interactive and inquisitive about everything. Good. Now, some remove this period that I just inserted in the sentence, and they say shalin zelazeh manish tana halayla hazem b'kolalilos. But be that as it may. Right, you ask each other the question. Um, we're going to see, and we've seen already. Right, is this text right? Are you not Yoitzay if you don't say the text of Manish Tana? Well, uh, right. So we've already had, and we'll have again, where somebody asks the question. It's like, hey, what's going on here? Like, ah, we were Yoitzay Manish Tana. So it sounds like Manish Tana is just right, and certainly we can see why this would be just to inspire questions. But some say that no, Shalim says that Manish Why? Why take chances? Just say the Manish Tana. Certainly is a good way to start it. No, no matter how. No matter how you slice it, and so So the Gemara right brought out that one. Our Mishnah said uh, all the Manishtanas basically, right? But now, but here they bring out to which the Gemara now is going to fine tune. Maskifla Rava, Rava was was <laughs> nonplussed by this. He says, What? All other days you dip? Where? I'm not. I don't dip every day. I don't even know what you're saying. Like why are you even saying that? We don't have any chiv the rest of the nights. But tonight we have a chiv twice. Ah, that's better. To this, Rav Safra was not lost on Rav. He says, What do you mean chayavim? Why say, Where's the chiv? What, we're going to say the children have a chiv to dip? What is this? Of course not. This is what you should say. We generally don't dip even once. Right, forget take the chiyuv out. Just say we generally don't even dip once. The dipping is uncommon altogether. And today we're doing this uncommon practice not once but twice. Ah, that's even better. Now that's more familiar. Fine. Um, now for uh, right, so now two dots. Here we go. Um, so Matchil Bignus Mishayim Bishvach nine lines up. My Bignus. What do we mean? Which Bignus is the famous Machlokes? Right? Are we talking about the Gnus of like how we were of our behavior? Or the gnus of our circumstance. Wow. You could have a Abraham Tursky, um, Zechet Sadik Levracha, talk about, are you talking about yourself or are you talking about your circumstance and nature and nurture and all that? So we bought, of course, that Freedom Gemara, uh, Amagil, the Freedom Haggadah of Abraham Tursky. So, originally we were talking about our circumstance. Right, everyone, every line in this Gemara you can spend months on. Uh, so, a story. Nachman had an actual slave. Wow. So what do slaves do on Pesach Seder? So he said to him, In the case of a slave who set free, he said, since you're a slave, you could really appreciate that if I were theoretically, very theoretically, to let you go and give you a bag of gold, what would you say? So Amalei, so the slave said, I will, I would be very thankful, sir. So Amalei, Rav Nachman said to him, You no longer have to say, Why, why is he exempted from saying, So he's, this, 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 is, this is complicated. First of all, Okay. You, you, again, you can spend months on this, <laughs> right? Like he wasn't letting him go. Isn't that like almost? Um, yeah, that that sounds like very like a letdown. Yeah. Like you know, if I, he said Reb Nachman is asking him, what would you say? And he's saying, where are you going with this? He's like, oh, no reason. I'm just still making a, a side point halachic uh, conversation about what is necessary for Manish Tana. That is a real letdown. So you have to. That needs to be some some explanation here. Some Ion. And then, but be that as it may, one thing that we could tease out of it is the fact that Avadim Ayinu, as we said, is the answer to Manish Tana, right? Again, let's not forget, when the kids actually do sincerely ask a question, if our answer is, in fact, so the kids should ask, we're going to drive them crazy. So we have to, at some point, take their inquisitive 
nature and turned it into the answer of Avadim Einu. We've engaged them now. And so maybe that, on the most, most pushed level, right, you can go Ben Yod Yod on this, or Maharal, and really talk about maybe the, uh, the depth behind here. But on the most pushed level, Nachman said, oh, you know what, now I really got your attention. So now I could say Avadim Einu, <laughs> right? Because the idea is to get the kid's attention. But that, that is a mean way to get someone's attention. It needs, needs more, more be- a better beer. Okay, if you come up with something better, let us know, Andrew, on, on the chat. Or if you're shy, let me know, and I'll put it on the chat. Okay, or comment for that matter. Um, comment, you like Arano, it's known, he'll let me know in the chat. Okay, Mishnah. Mishnah, there's a long Mishnah at the bottom of the design of Pesach. Anybody who didn't indicate all these three things on Pesach, this is Machlokas. What Chov are we talking about? Sounds like the Rambam says, you're not Yotzei if you don't point out right, these three things on Pesach. It's interesting. What do you mean, say? Well, first of all, what are the three things? Let's, let's see. We know this from the Haggadah. Pesach Matzah Omar. Right, so the Pashup Shat, when Koshul Omar, the Pashup Shat is that you have to articulate. Look, guys, we have the Pesach, we have the Matzah, and we have the Maror here. Okay. So the question is, what are you not Yotze? So it sounds like you're not Yotze, Sipriotis Mitzrayim, unless you point out these three things. The other possibility is that you're not Yotze, the Pesach, or the Matzah, or the Maror, unless you articulate that they are at, present at the Seder. You can't just eat it. You can't even just eat it and make a bracha on it, right? And, and expect to be Yotze. You have to say something about it. Well, it's... Um, Right, we have we have uh, the Gemara that a bala matzah yotzah. Right, if, if you shove it down your throat, not with a plastic tube, as we mentioned uh, yesterday, but if you just shove matzah down your throat, you still yotzei. What kind of kavana do you need to have? But the question is, right, even even in that Gemara, it's presuming that at some point you're pointing out that you had matzah. Right, you need to have a level of understanding of what the state of play is before you. So yotzei, sipur, and the eating of these three things. So it's not really a nafkamina for us. But the point is that you have to at least articulate these three things and what their purpose is. How do we know? Because Pesach, says the Mishnah, So you can say, well, that's a kind of like a lame play on words. Pesach, the Korban Pesach, because Hashem jumped over us in, in Mitzrayim. Well, before you criticize this pun, point, I, I'd like to point out that that's actually a Pesach in the Torah. Shenemar, right? Ve'zavachtem zevach Pesach. Uh, so this is an actual pasuk in the Chumash. So that play on words is sanctioned. It's divinely ordained. And therefore, it is, as the Mepharshim explained, this really appears by Pesach, that it's in the pasuk, it's baked into the pasuk, that you're supposed to articulate the reason why you're eating the Korban Pesach. Once that's in the pasuk, and you add to that the premise of then you apply this idea of articulating the purpose of the Korban Pesach to the Matzah and the Mar as well. Fascinating, okay. So again, the Pesach was because of the Pesach that Hashem passed over, hence the name Passover. Um, Matzah, because we were, right, freed, as we know, and again, right, they, they took this bread, uh, only the Jewish people would do this, they're being chased by their mortal enemy, and they're thinking about, well, we have dough in the oven, we must take it out of Mitzrayim, uh, it's not raised yet, it's okay, it'll be fine, we never know how long we're going to be out, better bring it along, and we still commemorate that thousands of years later. Of course, the Kashvaku told them that was going to happen. So that's, of course, in there, there's the, there's the um, I don't know, all the symbolism is baked in, pun intended, to the matzah also, right? Hashem said that they were going to leave the chippazon. So it's like a mad rush that you knew it was going to happen. But we, we do that before, all, all, we do that also, just like we go through it just now in preparation for the Seder. It's mad rush that we know is about to happen. Anyway, marar, al-shem shemira, amitrim, eschayev, asin, mitrayim, they've embittered their lives, shenem, avay, marar, eschayev, okay. So that is something that has to be articulate, articulated at the Seder. Behold, avador, chayev. Mishnah famously continues to say, uh, The Ramam famously says, You have to, right? You have to make it relevant for today. Simon Wolf has a beautiful way of explaining that Haggadah, that they can't get into Nebuchadnezzar, um, David Melech is very upset 
that his son Avshalom was killed, even though Avshalom was, in fact, right, a rebellious son that was looking after his, his throne and to kill him himself, and he was depressed. So they go to David Melch and they say, Vigato, that you're telling the nation that you are that you would rather the people who protected you from your own son have gotten killed. You know, you can't act so depressed, um, even though we understand it's tragic, the loss of your rebellious son, but we saved your life, and you are letting everybody, putting everybody else in a state of depression by, by your depression. Well, that criticism, used the Lashon V'Higadata, but David didn't say anything. Says Simon Wolf, it's just another example, there's other examples also, where Haggadah is a physical demonstration of what you're trying to say. It doesn't even mean necessarily articulation, but physically showing what you're trying to say. So here is where you see, Laharos es, or Liros Es Atzmo, right? V'Higadata means you demonstrate to your children. To show them, So the word Haggadah really means like a cantata, right? It's like, it's a physical display of the messages they're in. Beautiful. And this is going to sound like the beginning of Hallel now. Glorify, exalt, honor, and bless, and extol, and laud, and praise HaKadosh Baruch He took us out from slavery to from sorrow to joy, Right, or Gadol, from morning to festivity and from darkness to great light, and Meshiva the Gula, from Meshiva Mitraim to the Gula, which may be uh, upon us, but no more fun of Hallelujah. And we should say the Hallelujah over here. Now, this is where we say the Seder. So that's, that, this is where we say the Hallelujah to Seder. Now, how much of the Hallelujah are you saying before Shulchan Aruch? So that is a Machlokis in the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, which is until the end of the first paragraph, okay, and which is the end of the second paragraph of Hallel. Now, why, why do you eat in between, etc.? My father-in-law, Olive Shalom, used to say because eating is also a form of Hallel. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Breaking up Hallel into two is certainly fascinating. Uh, now, the second paragraph is unique in that it mentions Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. So, uh, so, so Basila says, well, we have to mention Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim as part of the Hallel. But Shammai says, no, Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, the actual Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim took place closer to midnight, to Chatzos Alayla. And that, the Farshim explained, is the reason why Beit Shammai wants to push off that second paragraph of Hallel into after Shulchan Aruch, where it's closer to midnight. Wow. And finally, the Mishnah says, "V'chosim be'geula." You finish Hallel with a bracha of geula, right? There's a bracha there. Rabbi Tafer, it's one of the four brachas you say once a year. Rabbi Tafer, no me'arshe galani v'galas avaseni mitzrayim, right? Who took us out and was galas mitzrayim v'lo yachosen. But you don't have a chasimas bracha. Rabbi Kiva Omer, can Hashem l'kenu l'kevaseinu that you add to this idea shegalani v'galas avaseni mitzrayim? You add in text. So too, Hashem l'kenu l'kevaseinu yagi'eni l'mo adim l'ragale ul'ragalim acherin abayim l'kasein l'shalom. And he adds the whole text that will will may we reach the mo'adim l'ragalim. Right, with the simcha of the rebuilt city of Yerushalayim, and joy in Avodas Mikdash, Nochal Sham, Min Hazvachim, Min Apsachim, right, from the Korban Chagiga and the Korban Pesach, until Ad Baruch Hashem Gaal Yisrael. So there is a chasima of Gaal Yisrael. Now, this is very relevant to today. Min Hazvachim, Min Apsachim means you're eating, it's a reference to the Korban Chagiga, as we've learned, that you eat with the Korban Pesach. Now, uh, there are unique situations where you say, Min Hapsachim, Min Hazvachim, instead of Min Hazvachim, you know when that is? When Pesach falls out on Motei Shabbos, as it does this year. Isn't that an incredible Dafyami coincidence? Andrew's so jaded, he thinks his whole life is just going to be a Dafyami coincidence. Um, because it's been so, so, so exquisite. But let's just spell it out. Why Minap Sachim is Dafyami Motei Shabbos? Well, here's the thing. The Korban Chagiga cannot be brought on Shabbos. Uh-huh. So normally, the Korban Chagiga is brought before the Korban Pesach. However, so that's why you say Minas Vachim Minap Sachim. However, it can't be brought on Shabbos. The Korban Pesach can be brought on Shabbos. So on Erev, Pesach, Shechaliyot, Shabbos, like this year, when the base of Mikdash, Bezat Hashem, will be rebuilt, we'll, say, we'll bring the Korban Pesach on Shabbos, Min HaPsachim, and only on Motei Shabbos will we be able to bring the Korban Chagiga, and that's why when it's on Motei Shabbos, you say, Min HaPsachim, Min HaZvachim. Okay, so just start, we have a few minutes, we'll start off with Gemara, five lines down on the wide over here. Amar Rabba, Zarkh, Shiyamar, Basano, Tzimisham. It's to say, he took us out of there. Okay. 
Amar Rabba, matzah tzarech lahagbiyah. You have to lift the matzah. Mar tzarech lahagbiyah. You have to lift the mar. Basar ain't tzarech lahagbiyah. But you don't lift up the korban pesach. Lo odel shenir kochal kachim b'chutz. Right? To lift up the matzah and the mar is very demonstrative because that's the mitzvah salayla, and you show that this is what we're doing. But the but the korban pesach, the tzli, is actually a downer. Not only that. Some people say you should like keep it on the down low altogether because it's like it's just bringing up the fact, the depressing fact. If you are in fact in Gullus throughout the last you know several thousand years, they've been bringing it up. They're like, please don't bring that up because that's just uh, bringing up not the Harris but the Gullus. Uh, this year may be able to show the Korban Pesach itself. Maybe one last thing. Amar Do we have? Okay, Amar Bar Yaakov Suma Patur Gada. So it's interesting if you have to have all these demonstrations of Bavor Zeb, Bavor Zeb, Bavor Zeb typically implies that you're pointing to something. So if you have to have all these demonstrations, so what about a blind person? Is he Patur from Sipur from the Hagada? Ksevacha Bavor Zeb. It says over there Bavor Zeb, right? Ksev Hasam. And there where it talks about the Ben Sarah Mara, it says Bnei Zeb. You point to the child, Chalila, and you say that our child, our child is the Ben Sarah Mara. Samala Halan Patur Suma. Just like there, Zeb means that if the parents are blind, which means that they can't point to the child, then they don't do this. Afkan Patur Suma. So maybe a blind person wouldn't. So why are they actually saying it? So basically we say that it's not exactly a Ben Sir Umara and the Rashbam over here explains why in fact the um, the obligation of the Haggadah is also for a blind person. And so once you do that little shnickle, you arrive at the very last line of Kuf Design and Bez. May we be Zohar to have a beautiful Seder. We will continue on Friday with the third cup, Bezat Hashem. Tomorrow we'll discuss more about the Halal and Halal Lukas.